Hi, my name is Elaine Angel. I'm the author of The Piercing Bible, and you're listening to The Piercing Wizard Podcast. The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to The Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willette. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, welcome back to the show. I just got home from Sao Paulo, Brazil last night. I'm still a little bit worn down, so I'm going to kind of keep the intro short for you this week. We'll get straight into the interview with Elaine Angel. We did this one a few weeks back at the APP conference, and I think it came out pretty good. We talk a little bit about her book, The Piercing Bible, and some of the challenges she had putting that together. We also talk about her specialty as basically a traveling artist for nipple and genital piercings and how she kind of transitioned into that role. And we'll also be talking about how to say no to your clients when maybe they're not suited for something anatomically or maybe it just wouldn't be viable with their lifestyle. Keep listening after Elaine's talk and I'll be talking to the showrunners for the GEP conference in Brazil, Andre Fernandez, Tatiana Rodriguez, and Amelia Arantena. They were the ones who did the majority of the work for the show. Uh, They really deserve a, a huge amount of credit for how well it came off. So stick around for that a little bit later in the show. But for now, here's Elaine Angel. Okay, so a uh, really special guest on uh, this week's episode. I've got Elaine Angel with me. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself for those who might not already be aware of your, your legacy. Sure. Uh, so I have been piercing professionally since the 1980s, and personally, that would be me and my friends since the 1970s, so I've been at it for a long time. I initially worked at a studio called Gauntlet in West Hollywood, and as far as we know, they were the first piercing specialty business in the world, and at the time I started working there, it was still the only piercing specialty shop uh, anywhere. So. Kind of, uh, yeah, I'm one of the old timers that is actually still piercing on a regular basis. I had a studio of my own in New Orleans for 12 years called Rings of Desire, and that closed after Hurricane Katrina. But don't feel sorry for me because <laughs> I live in the Yucatan in Mexico. Yeah, it seems like you've got a pretty sweet deal there. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. pretty awesome. And I do guest piercing now. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, that means I go to the studios of others of my colleagues in the Association of Professional Piercers, Mm -hmm. and um, I specialize exclusively at this point in nipple and genital piercings, and so I pre-book appointments that involves doing anatomy consultations online, so it's really quite different from what I I would call retail piercing, which Mm -hmm. I used to do, uh, you know, where you have a studio and somebody comes in and gets pierced that day. Do you feel like, uh, since you you work to such kind of a specialty market, do you still feel as fulfilled by that? Are there ever any points where you kind of wanted to dip your toes back into maybe other avenues of piercing or, or are you you're really comfortable with that specialty? I love what I'm doing. Okay. It's fantastic. I mean, it was it was a sort of natural and organic process of how I ended up specializing. Really what was happening, and I've always done a lot of nipples and genitals, and in fact, it's what I started out doing mm-hmm. because when I first started piercing, that's what people were getting pierced. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll be showing tomorrow a little video clip in, in the talk APP session I'll be doing uh, from the 1980s in which a gal that we pierce is interviewed and she got her navel pierced and she said, well, yeah, I wanted something exotic, something different. Not everybody has one, you know, and we're all laughing at that yeah. now, but back yeah. in the day. So it's what I started out piercing uh, and I, I really enjoy it. And my clientele is a little different too. I tend to pierce 
mature women mostly. I, I do about 85 or so percent female clientele. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them have no other body art. Uh, they have no piercings, no tattoos, and they're looking for some spice in their sex lives. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a pretty specific clientele that's uh, quite different from a lot of the yeah. regular piercing clientele. So almost like full circle, because when I when I interviewed Jim, he was saying that you know back in the 70s and 80s when it was much more of like a fetishized kind of kink thing where people were were piercing their their intimate body parts and not really their their outwardly visible body parts. Then into the, the later 80s and the 90s when it became much more of a, a, a fashion identity and people were, they wanted everything on their face and on their ears and they wanted something that, that people could see and now it's maybe coming back around for some people where it's more about the, the intimacy. Right, yeah. There's a, a broader client base for that than a lot of people would think. Mm -hmm. I mean, many of the clients coming in to see me, you would never guess that they yeah. have any any piercings whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, there, you know, some of us go for all of it, and some just go for the visual stuff, mm -hmm. and others just go for the more hidden and intimate stuff. So there's quite an array, and it's it's pretty fun. But I re I really like my clientele. Yeah. And. Uh, couldn't be happier with what I'm doing. It's very, very gratifying. Have you noticed any any trends with newer piercers maybe not having as much of a comfort zone piercing some of those intimate piercings? Because I feel like some of the younger piercers, they get, I mean, intimidated from a skill set, but also intimidated from just having those conversations with people openly uh, without feeling awkward about it. I think a lot comes down to training, mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't have mentors that are highly experienced or comfortable themselves. So mm -hmm. if that's where your, you know, your training comes from, and you uh, taught, were taught by somebody who doesn't have a lot of background in it, then you're not going to end up with a lot of comfort yourself. So yeah. I think that's part of it. And I think because there's been such a, as you say, a modern focus on the more visible piercings, mm -hmm. um, and and as we know, you know, that's just going nuts. The ear work, nostril, septum, uh, all that kind of stuff is really happening. So there just doesn't seem to be as much call for it, perhaps, from the clientele. So, yeah, I think it's kind of both sides. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, I think some people just aren't comfortable in general. But I think if they had sufficient training, that that could be certainly overcome. Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to, to guest spots, do you feel like you, you'd like to travel around uh, to as many like diverse studios as possible? Or do you feel like you have kind of like your, your regular stops on almost like a repeating tour? Uh, I do have certain places that I visit regularly, and then I tend to have added other cities that I'll throw in here and there. So mm -hmm. it's a little bit of both. Um, my family still lives in Southern California, so I make it out there regularly. So there's, you know, sometimes a reason Camp APP is coming up. Yep. So I knew the way that I would be able to get myself to go mm -hmm. is if I booked a a guest spot in Atlanta right yeah. beforehand. So yeah. different events tend to kind of draw me in one direction or another. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll get an invitation to some place that I haven't been before and find that sounds like fun and, and go to a new spot. So in Detroit next month, I'll be working in a studio I haven't worked in before, mm -hmm. although I have worked with the piercer who's working there now. But So do you, do you pretty much leave it to uh, studios that that already meet APP standards, or or do you ever kind of maybe roll the dice on some that you haven't seen before? No, I, I you know I'm a business member at large, mm -hmm. and it's very important for me to uphold the standards of the organization. Mm -hmm. And so the easiest way to do that is yeah, to just work just with sure studios that have a they've already passed yes. membership for for someone on their sure. their staff. Do, do you do you work outside of 
the, of the U.S. often? Because I, I know I've seen you at the, the BMXNet conference in Germany a few times, but do you do any other non-U.S. touring? I do education in other places, mm -hmm. and I have not tended to work in other places. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> I'm a nerd, and um, if I don't have a work permit to work right. somewhere, I just wouldn't feel comfortable right. doing it. Yeah, no, so. that's, a safe, that's a safe move, too, because you don't want to get booted out or turned away at customs. Right, and it's all online. You yeah. know, all my business is, is garnered online, and mm -hmm. so it's out there in the public domain. So I just wouldn't feel comfortable yeah. telling an untruth at the border. You know, transitioning out of day-to-day -day piercer uh, into more of a, an educator and, and a guest piercer role, um, what do you see for yourself in the future? Do you want to stick with this kind of role, or, or do you feel like you might transition into something else in the future? I'm really happy with what I'm doing now. And something that is a little hard for me is that I've been a pretty driven individual with mm -hmm. a lot of forward momentum. I mean, in order to get from the you know 80s and to keep, keep on doing it, that's a, a pretty firmly rolling wheel. Yeah. And so the thing that's different for me is the idea that it's okay to just kind of roll back a little bit and uh, and to just keep doing what oh, I'm doing. Personal life, too. Um, yeah. I haven't gotten there yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would describe myself as a workaholic, mm -hmm. but I enjoy what I do so much that it's easy to just keep keep working. Yeah. Whatever makes you happy, really. Yeah, because yeah, I've, I've had that in my personal life, too. Not, not to your extent where I haven't been you know, that busy, that prolific, but I went from working six or seven days a week as a piercer to working two to three days a week as a piercer. And, you know, luckily I have a staff that, that handles the rest of the week for me and I didn't know what to do with my with my time. So <laughs> yeah, I try to just keep myself busy. Yeah. So I I am getting older. I mean I still have a lot of energy and I still definitely have a lot of uh years left piercing but I'm I'm really happy with what I have going on and mm -hmm. I could definitely continue to do it for some time uh, and I love where I live in Mexico initially I was traveling 11 or 12 trips a year mm -hmm. uh, so that would be kind of more like stopping off in Mexico between trips than actually yeah. living there so for the last uh, starting last year, I've been working hard at working less mm -hmm. and spending a little more time in Mexico. So I do have a goal of spending more time there, but I can still get a lot of piercing done in six trips a year. Yeah. How's your Spanish? Puedo hablar español. Yo aprendí en, en Yucatan. I didn't know a word of it before I moved down there. Yeah. Bueno. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about your book a little bit, and um, you know, I, I just can't imagine the, the challenge and the, the workload that would go into something like that. Whew, yeah, uh, writing a book of any sort is a challenge, and the Piercing Bible was a five-year effort of mm. pretty active work yeah. to, to get it put together, and you know, I've been taking notes on what I would change and update since the day it came out, mm -hmm. and uh, it came out in 2009, so it's been a while. Even though I have uh, a book that's been reprinted eight times and I've been writing a monthly magazine column for Pain Magazine every month for about 12 years, mm -hmm. I still don't think of myself as a writer. Yep. I think of myself as a piercer who manages to write. Okay. <laughs> and um, it doesn't come easily to me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm By the time I'm willing to let something go to print, I've worked on it enough that I'm willing to let other people read it. But what that involves is a ridiculous amount of editing and rewriting yeah. and polishing yeah, and sure. going over and over and over and over and <laughs> so on. So I'll tell you this. Piercing is an excellent profession for an individual with perfectionistic tendencies, mm -hmm. and writing is not. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've definitely noticed that. It seems that there are a lot of overlap skills, which are fantastic if you if you happen to be a body piercer, but uh, it, it in no way guarantees that you'll have those overlap skills. So, public speaking, 
writing abilities, uh, online social media marketing, things like that. Uh, and the, the body piercers who have those secondary skills can, can really flourish with them. Yeah, yeah, there's certainly opportunity. I mean, there, there just isn't a whole lot of literature that's been put out about piercing. I mean, yeah. there's no other mainstream book mm-hmm. that's solely on that topic. We have our APP brochures Mm -hmm. and procedure manual, but there's other than that, not really a lot of authoritative print matter. Of course, we have, you know, some really good online blogs like Jeff Saunders is really awesome. And he he writes well and is a instructor in written form Mm -hmm. as well. But uh, there's, you know, not a whole it's not a really prolific industry for producing writers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it seems like that book, you can talk to any piercer, you know, especially piercers who have started out within the last five years. It seems like they've just voraciously read it and reread it and reread it. It's just, it's a great source of, of material, uh, you know, about your perspective on body piercing and, and a wider perspective on, on overall body piercing. Do you feel like you, you want to try to reach out to a certain generation of piercer or do you feel like you're trying to just reach everyone equally? Well, when I wrote the book, I wrote it with three audiences in mind, Mm -hmm. primarily consumers, um, people who are interested in piercings or already have them, secondarily people who deal with us like parents, Mm -hmm. uh, medical professionals, coaches, teachers, and thirdly, for apprentices and piercers. So that was really only part of the the target market. Mm -hmm. And this was of necessity in order to do a mainstream book with a publishing house. Right. Um, It was published by Penguin Random House. Because they would probably see the body piercer market is too small. Exactly, exactly. And because there was no other book on the subject, I Mm -hmm. thought it should be comprehensive as well. So when they first contacted me and said they were interested in publishing it, my manuscript was 157,000 words. (laughs) And they said, well, we're interested in publishing your book, but can you hack it back to 100,000? And I thought about it and I said, well, you know, a book really needs to be published on this subject, but even with the most judicious of editing, that would not be the comprehensive Mm -hmm. book that needs to exist. So we settled on 133,000. But um, yeah, so there wasn't a particular um, piercer market, but at this point, you know, I'm available for supporting any piercer in any way that I can, whether mm-hmm. they're new or, or used. <laughs> so for anyone unfamiliar, uh, what's your what's your website? My website is piercingbible.com. Uh, for, for me personally, uh, it's it's a great resource because not only do you have the uh, the piercer directory on there, which you know I, I would like to also just say thank you for how many clients I've gotten from that. Uh, it's it's great to have someone with a, as well of a respected name as you not saying that you know I am the only person who's qualified to do this. Come to me, wait for me to, to come around on a tour. Um, to to have that openness and, and honesty and say you know there are several piercers who are qualified to perform this. You know here are some people that. You can trust in your area that that you know meet these certain standards. That's great. You know the the kind of outreach and education that you give to clients who aren't even necessarily customers of yours, um, but are, are followers of yours. It's it's really admirable that you have that kind of uh, public access information on a, on a website. Thank you. I do think um, sharing information is important. It's how we get where we're going. And I have 
I always thought that the secretiveness that I had seen in the tattoo world was kind of interesting because with Jim Ward and his publishing, mm -hmm. um, the uh, PFIQ, Piercing Fans International Quarterly Magazine starting mm -hmm. in the 70s, and the videos that he did, the Pierce with a Pro in the 90s. And I used so, to love those videos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Historical stuff. And so I came from a tradition where sharing information was appropriate mm -hmm. and, and sort of the way of life. So that was was the tradition that I came from and it just seemed natural to me to share information and so I know I can't pierce everyone in the world mm -hmm. and therefore I'm happy to direct people to to those that I'm well acquainted enough with mm -hmm. to know that I'm not going to run into any trouble by sending yeah. people you yeah. know it takes a certain level well, of referrals can definitely be difficult you have to have that trust barrier R right yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah so I I love sharing information and uh I'm, I'm very highly available for that. Great. Uh, so one thing we were talking about before we started the interview was a subject you, you brought up about how certain body piercers feel almost guilty turning a client down for something if, if they're not maybe ideally suited for it or maybe if, if them as a body piercer aren't necessarily qualified to do it. So what are your, what are your thoughts on that subject? Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure what it is the piercers are, are thinking, whether some of them may be profit motivated as mm -hmm. well and not want to turn people down. And one of the other things that I hear a lot is, well, if I didn't do it, they'd go down the street and just get it done anyway, even though it was a bad idea. Right. It seems to be a lot of the piercers who come to me with questions Basically, what they're asking for ultimately is permission to say no. Yeah. That, and I think a lot of newer piercers, and even some who've been piercing for a long time, could use the guidance and uh, to understand that sometimes it's really, truly appropriate to say no. And there mm -hmm. are many reasons, whether it's anatomically or occupationally, or there's many reasons why no can be the right answer. Yeah. Um, piercers seem really afraid uh, or disinclined to use the, the two-letter word. Mm -hmm. And I would like to encourage piercers that if you have been asked to do a piercing and you know, based on your professional experience, that it's a bad idea for mm -hmm. whatever reason, that it's inappropriate, not going to be successful, that, that you should absolutely say no. You should absolutely take the time to educate the individual about why you're saying no. Mm -hmm. I find it can be helpful to, to clarify, look, I'm in the piercing business. What I do is, is take money to do piercings and I'd love to take yours and do this piercing. But my professional experience makes it clear to me that it's such a bad idea that I'm going to turn down that money right. and tell you no because it's not going to be successful or it's not appropriate or whatever the reason is and you know provide details there uh, so they understand. And hopefully that will help the potential client slash future client mm -hmm. who is going to be feeling that you're a trustworthy piercer when you tell them honestly, when you decline to take their money, even though they're willing to pay you for a job by, by saying no when it's appropriate to do so, people will without hesitancy refer other people to you and return when the time is right or uh, other circumstances exist. So I would say that in, in some ways I have built my business on saying no mm -hmm. when that's the right answer. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you have to do that quite frequently with, with your specialty because you know, anatomy is so different from person to person that they, they might really have one thing in mind that they're not built for at all. And, you know, not only do you say no, but you have to explain why you're saying no so that they, they don't just try to go somewhere down the street that might not care enough or know enough to say no uh, in 
they can be put in a more harmful situation by you not saying no. Absolutely. And uh, yes, I have to say no all the time. Mm. I try to offer alternate options when possible, and that's another good thing to do. Uh, offer other options that would work better, and that plan B is sometimes exactly what the person will get, mm -hmm. and then everybody ends up being happy. So the, And the other thing is, you can't be responsible for other people's bad decisions. So you share the information, you do what you can to educate them, and then if they decide to make the bad decision to go down the street anyway, you can't take that on. You've done right. your part, you have to let it go, you cannot pierce people to save them from a, a worse fate. Um, you just have to do the right thing mm -hmm. uh, and go from there. Yeah, and and for anyone listening, you know, if you if you're on the body piercer side of it, or if you're on the client side of it, take the time to have the conversation about why there, there's a no involved, and don't just say no and, and, and kind of leave it at that because you really want someone to to fully understand the the, the risks and, and the limitations involved. And, as a body piercer, you know, I think it's it's a part of your, your natural progression to say no and then maybe eventually you can start saying yes a little bit more frequently. You know, some piercers might not be experienced with something like a like a triangle. And then after years more experience, a little bit of shadowing, a little bit of instruction, then they might start feeling more comfortable saying yes to something like that. Absolutely. And in fact, on that subject, there's a variety of types of builds that I have added to the repertoire. Um, triangles, triangle piercings are one of my specialties mm -hmm. and one of the things I do the most of and one of the things that are most anatomically sensitive for piercing. And over the years, as I've become more and more accomplished at them, I find that there are more types of builds that I can work with. So that is something that can happen. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, I, I so often hear things uh, from piercers saying things like, well, I knew it was a bad idea, but they just, they made me do right. it. And so my question is, well, did they have a knife or gun mm -hmm. or how did that go down exactly? Yeah, because yeah. that's about the only way they could really make mm -hmm. you do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, other than that, uh, you know, they made me do it because, uh, you know, I had $500 that I, that I wanted to spend. I, I've, I've had to really sadly say no to some things where I would have loved the opportunity to, to pierce something maybe anatomically rare or sell some gorgeous piece of jewelry. And I've had to say, oh, you know, I, I would love to sell this for you, but it's, it's not worth you spending the money and then me having a bad reputation because it doesn't heal well for you. So... Yeah, sometimes saying no can sting, but the the client appreciates it when you when you respect their safety and you respect their wallet enough to not just kind of trick them or, or just let them go along with something because of their enthusiasm when it's really not appropriate for them. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I would say that overall saying no is a good way to build your business by being an ethical professional and mm -hmm. just when, it, when it's necessary. That's great. Whip it out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're recording this at the, the APP conference in Las Vegas. Uh, you know, I'm sure you're treated like a, a bit of a celebrity while you're here. You're, you're, you know, you're kind of at the the legends table. You know, you and Fakir and, and Jim signing your books. What, what does that What does that feel like? I mean, I'm sure you get stopped in the hallway for pictures and handshakes constantly wherever you go. What's that What's that like? Um, it's kind of funny. I mean, I just feel like a regular person. I've known me all my life, and mm -hmm. I know I'm just, you know, I'm a nice lady. Like, I, so when people come up and say things or start to cry or whatever, yeah. um, it, it's kind of weird. But I, you know, I gen, I'm genuinely so happy to meet them, and mm -hmm. my warmth is real, and I connect with them, and, and that feels really nice, because I, 
a lot of the, I've met so many piercers here who contacted me earlier in their careers to ask for advice mm -hmm. or help. And so it, it was just weird. I was thinking, boy, I really do spend a lot of time on email because, you know, 20 people uh, since I've been here have mentioned something of that nature. And then they say, well, you're the reason I'm here and yep. stuff like that. So it's, it's super, super gratifying mm -hmm. to, to have had a positive impact and to be leading people down this good path of getting educated and doing the best job possible. Yeah. So uh, I... I don't, I don't know if you were aware, but you know, every year they have the, the Aldi Sours Scholarship. Uh, I'm, I'm one of the people on the, the committee to hand those out. And one of the questions I usually ask is, you know, what, what classes would you be looking forward to taking and, and what pierces would be, you be looking forward to meeting? And almost 100% of the time, you, you're one of those top names. It's always, oh, I would love the opportunity to, to meet Elaine Angel. I would, <laughs> I would love the opportunity to meet her. So, you know, I, you have a, a pretty significant uh, legacy out there. So. You know, I, I, for, for anyone else that doesn't have the opportunity to thank you, I'd just like to say thank you for all you've done for the industry. Thank you so much. Well, it, it didn't feel like I was doing anything in particular. I've mm -hmm. just been living, you know. It's just kind of been how, how life's gone. And You're setting a good example for thank all you. the rest of us. Thank you so much. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us this week. Thanks for having me. So that was great talking to Elaine. She has such a huge amount of experience, especially with her specialty. Like I, I really can't imagine anyone who would be more of an authority on, you know, if you have a question on something like a, a triangle or, or something like that. So it was, it was great being able to chat with her for a little bit. Um, so up next, I've got the showrunners of the GEP conference, Andre, Tatiana, and Amelia. We talk about a couple different things, but first I just want to kind of point out that we were at the world's largest tattoo show in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Hundreds of tattoo booths. I mean, just the scale of it and like how fancy the booths were have put every U.S. show I have ever seen to shame, like huge ones. You know, I do the Boston convention every year. I've done Philly. You know, I've seen a bunch of other ones. And this is like enormous. It's four or five times bigger than the biggest U.S. show I've seen. And some of the booths were like two-story glass booths with like marble floors and, you know, an entire car parked in a lobby. And one of them had like bleachers so that people could watch this one person do a tattoo while it was being projected up on this giant screen. So it was crazy impressive. Uh, the trade-off is kind of a noisy environment. So the classroom was was relatively quiet, but not a lot of places to do an interview. So we kind of had to use this uh, this restaurant that was kind of setting up for dinner. So good amount of kitchen noises in the background, some uh, clinking for like dishes and silverware. So I apologize for that. Uh, I did the best environment I could for it. The uh, conversation goes pretty good. We talk about a few things, obviously the, the show and, and the challenges uh, related to that. We also talk about the magazine they put out called Piercer Life. Uh, it's a totally free magazine. You can read it online. It's bilingual in English and in Portuguese. We'll talk about the website. You can check it out online. So uh, let's talk to the uh, showrunners of the uh, Brazilian conference that I just got back from. Uh, my name is Tatiana Rodriguez. I am Andre Fernandes from Brazil. And I'm Emilia Arategui from Brazil as well. And uh, together I make the Congress in Brazil. Sorry, my English is not so good. Oh, that's okay. Your English is much better than my Portuguese. So oh, okay. it's fine. <laughs> I know three things. And this is for, I think, the future of the piercing in Brazil. In these times, is a, a new vision mm. about the piercing in Brazil. Because uh, the people come from Brazil, make a teacher in the class, the people look the different things, the piercing. Mm -hmm. Because the long time, the piercing in Brazil is a 
years ago. Yeah. I think now the people change the mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I've seen just like a huge difference in, in all of Latin America in the last few years, you know, yeah. everybody's so passionate and they care so much and it's just great to see everybody come together to just yeah. for everybody to get better. Yeah, I think the, the team is come for Brazil, Ryan, Jeff, Luis Garcia, Hata, Javier Guerra, Glad, Salas, mm -hmm. Daniela is very strong, mm. make the different things in Brazil, show the people different techniques, different material, the people are so happy now. And different ways of doing things, there's no like specific way and right way of doing things. Yeah. So you can you can just like take that and personalize to what your piercing style is and what your reality is here in Brazil as yeah. well. So that yeah, that's why I like these conferences so much because there's no negativity, it's not saying like you're wrong and I'm right, it's just saying these are all the different ways. Yeah. and do what's best for you. Yeah. Yeah. Tatiana so, make the, the, the very important part this because the Tatiana organize everything. Yeah, must be difficult. Yeah, yes. Tatiana yeah. make the appointment in hotel, appointment in the place, make a the advertise, the, the design. The design. Yeah. She's very talented Talk with that. the people for internet, yeah. make a... A dirt job. <laughs> like yeah. we've been doing this before she got into the picture, and we were surviving. But once she came along, it the professional level was just like up like a million percent. Oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. So I think I think it's very important to 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 say that you know because sometimes we work behind the scenes and people have no idea what we do. And if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be able to do this in this type of level. Yeah. yeah. It's nice because Emilia is not a piercer. <laughs> not, as well. I love piercing. Yeah. Uh, make a reception for the people, make the translator, make the... Official babysitter. Yeah. yeah. Official yeah. babysitter. Yeah. Uh, babysitter. The it's US nice babysitter. <laughs> it's cool. For, yeah. for me, it's a perfect. I think in the future the piercing in Brazil is very nice now because all the people inside the class talk with me and next time I help you yeah. make this a big congress, nice and for me it's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, you can really feel the community here, everybody yeah, really cares about each other. We feel that the attitude of the community has changed a lot. Like when we started, like he, Andra has been doing this for way longer than any of us, but when I started doing it with him, a lot of people were just like being snobs and just trying to like, oh, I just want to meet this very important person you're bringing, but I know everything. You yeah. know? So I don't want to pay or whatever. Now people are actually appreciating mm -hmm. like different inputs yeah. and understanding that we don't want to be like the bosses of Piercing in Brazil. We just want to, we have this really good access to people. We want to like just to share it with people. And we see the difference in attitude from all our students in class, from all different levels of piercing. Yep. And that's amazing. Well, you can tell because, you know, you two, well, all three of you are working so hard and the both of you aren't really in the industry yet, but you know, you care so much about it and you just want to help everybody, you know, and it's, yeah. it's really good that you're not trying to be like, you know, this is my show. You're kind of like, yeah. this is our show. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, it's really it's nice. Cool. Yeah. It's very nice. I'm so happy because the, I invited the speakers. Is the speakers okay? I come. I invited the company. The mm. company come too. It's nice because the people never see the, the good jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to say that they come from other countries. 
Yeah, it, uh, yeah. Tatiana just said that it's important important for us to realize that it's the first time people came from abroad to attend the seminars. Yeah. Like we had a lot of people from Latin America coming. So it was a big deal in not only in our country but in the whole region, yeah. in the continent. Yeah. Yeah, seeing yeah. the support from like Industrial strength, yeah. millennium, uh, every, everybody. It's, yeah, it's yeah, great. I love, yeah. I love this. It's nice because the piercers, the all the part in Brazil is coming. One guy here is a make the travel with the bus went one hours. Twenty one hours. Yeah. From from where? Yeah, for the north, the Brazil. Oh wow. Yeah, it's twenty four hours for the bus. Wow. For sh look the, the the classes. It's nice for me. It's mm. nice. It's very nice. The guy is coming for Chile yep. with the son and the, and the dad in the class. Really? Now. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's family. It's, great. Yeah. it's a family. It's yeah. coming with the another son yeah. and the wife. The really? wife in the hotel with the, the little Small son. Mm. Yeah. And together in the, in the classes, dad and the son. He's so happy with yeah. these. Yeah, that's yeah. magic. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we're finally feeling like a community. Yeah. Like in a sense, before it was a lot of bickering, mm -hmm. and now we feel like people just don't care. We're just like we're here together. We're we're here to learn yeah. and have fun. Yeah. And it's the first time we managed to do this for more than one day, yeah. not just one day of classes, so people can continue talking to each other, exchanging experiences. And we're going to have the dinner for the first time. Yeah. So people will be able like to relax, get to know each other better. So that will be Drunk cool. karaoke. Drunk karaoke. But that's for you. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's really impressive that it's part of this huge Tattoo yeah. Week convention. How did that come about? Acho que é bom explicar para ele que a gente, nós fomos convidados para eles para fazer aqui, mas que toda a organização é nossa, né? Que eles não fizeram nada, assim. Uh, cederam um, espaço. Yeah, what happened was, like, a couple of years ago, like, two, like not last year, we got approached by people from Tattoo Week. Tattoo Week is the biggest uh, tattoo convention in uh, Latin America. Yeah. No? We, no? É World. Worldwide? Yeah, world. Okay. So, wow. so actually, uh, it's around like 75,000 people that come through yeah, this. And That's we, crazy. We have yeah. around 650 stands. They they invited us to do this and they allowed us to do all our crazy things. Yeah. But what important is to say is that even though they supported us and helped us all, all their organization was ours. Yeah. Like they just like gave us the, the, the space like and a lot of the media support, which is pretty cool. Yep. But we did all the blunt work. Basically, both of them did, yeah, yeah. and I, I helped out a little. Yeah. But that's that's the crazy part. Like, from one year to another, we've seen like a massive difference in how everything worked out. But they're really good partners in terms of support. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's really impressive, and you should feel really proud of what you did. Everything, especially with like such a small staff, the graphic design, and booking the hotels, and the yeah. space, and the flights, yeah. and everything. That's a huge everything. amount yes. of work. Yeah. Flights, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, for the people listening, I might have missed my flight accidentally, <laughs> and had to get another yeah. short-term one, but I made it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's very important this, because I started this, this project, Yeah. I don't have money. Yeah. Yes. Only my face. Yeah. I, I talk the with the people. The people. Yeah, but yeah, I believe. Yeah. I believe. Believed in you. Yeah. yeah. Like we, he took all the risks. Like in the beginning, like we were working with him, but in the end, if something went badly, uh, he was the one who's going yeah. to be yeah. doomed. Well, I, I think people can kind of see that. You know, you're so trustworthy, and you're like a leader in the community. So I, I think everybody was really excited to help support 
not only yeah. you but you know the Congress. Um, yeah. it, it's great. And so. Where do you see it going in the future? Like, what are your plans for maybe next year and, yeah. and yeah. beyond? I think it may be maybe next year, but no July in August. Right. Because in July, APP, yeah. he maybe the people is not coming. Yeah, it's kind of difficult yeah, having so many yeah. shows close together. I think one month later yeah. is nice for the next year. Okay. I think next year is more people come mm -hmm. because in this time, uh, 40 people not come for Okay. It's too late for coming the Congress. Right. Yeah. I thought, no, sorry, but it's just a 100 people in the room. It's okay. Not many space. Yeah. yeah. But still, I mean, you, you yeah. sold out, so I mean, that's good. Uh, one thing that I think it's fun for us to tell about is the project of our magazine, yeah. Pier uh, Piercer Life, which is basically the brainchild of Tatiana. Mm -hmm. She's a journalist, also not just designer. So she decided had this crazy idea of having a free magazine yeah. for the piercing industry. So she wrote everything, she designed everything. We're looking for people to put place ads, so that's how we pay for it. But it's completely free. Yeah. And you um pouco da você falou que a entrevista é gratuita, que tem tradução It's a bilingual uh, magazine, so sure. people from abroad can get it can get it online as well. That's great. Where uh, where would you find it online? Google site online. www.piercerlife.com. Piercerlife.com. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, .br. Br. Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, www.piercerlife.com.br. PDF. Yeah, you can you can download the PDF yep. and, and have the magazine there. But if you're in Brazil, you uh, can, yeah, you can get it printed. Like yeah, it's a really nice print magazine too. The layout. Do you do all the layout? See, si. that's yes. great. Yeah, yes. it's really nice graphic design too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, she's the she's just the the masters for everything design yeah. wise for us. Yeah. I fala que eu sou jornalista também. And she's also the journalist, so she wrote most of the things. And she attends a lot of the conferences. She goes to APP, LBP, uh, the, the the Spanish meeting. Yeah. And, uh, you're going to BMX with him? No. no uh, okay. Yeah, but like uh, uh, everything that Andre goes, she goes with because she's also helping him out with Millennium. Right. So she writes also like the pieces about the events for the magazine. When do you sleep? <laughs> I have that same And she also has her day job. Yeah. So. I'm a freelancer. Designer. Really? So you just do all of this at night and on weekends and no sleep? Yeah. That, the thing is, like, when we, we try to make meetings for yeah. us, it's always really crazy because, like, her schedule is completely different from mine and from Andre. So I go meet Andre at his work. We talk, and then Andre talks with her, and then I talk with her somewhere in another time. Yeah. So it was pretty crazy. I think the good thing, I think the best part of everything is that we trust each other. Right. So I, she knows that she, if she, she gives me a translation, she doesn't need to check. She knows I'm going to give it in time. Yeah. Same thing, like if I need something designed, I know she's going to do it. Yeah. So that eliminates a lot of the process It's and important the to have the right people because if you're missing just one component, everything fails. Yeah, you know, like this this year I wasn't able to help them as much because uh, like I told you before, I'm finishing my master's degree. So I wasn't as available as I was in the previous years. But they managed to do it and they were like very respectful of my time. But whenever I could, I was like, yeah, okay, let's see what, what we can do. We're waiting to see a little bit to get more uh, more ads for the magazine. Yep. Yeah, and, and like, 
half of it was paid with ads, and the other, the other half, they paid with their own money. So, because that, that's the amount of dedication. Like, yeah. they really want to see this thing, this scene thrive. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's difficult when you don't have the the funding, you know, and it's such a risk when you put your own yeah. money on the line. But I mean, it seems like it, it really is is working out well yes. because I mean, you sold out the event. You had more people that even wanted to come, so next year you could grow. And this is strange that we're having Yeah, we're having like one thing that's really nice that put us in, in contact with vendors for this time, foreign vendors. Like we know that industrial might be thinking of placing an ad. Yeah. So we're we're talking to everyone because it's good for them like to finally like corner the new market because the people now are finally understanding what titanium is yep. or other types of materials yep. and other types of design. Yeah, yeah. Of well, when, when people see how much work you put into it and how much the the local industry responds to it, they're going to respond because they're going to yeah. see that they want to support that because you know everybody everybody wants to make money in the end. Yeah, but and they really see that so many people are taking it seriously here. But it's not short short term. Yeah, you know? it's it's a long process, and I, and I think we are now at a turning point. So yeah. it's, it's very special for us to see. It's then great. It's a cherry on top. Like. It's, it's great to see it just in the the short time that I've known everybody, um, just seeing it grow and grow and grow, and you know I, I'm really excited to see where it, it goes in the future. This year, a lot of the participants are finally approaching us out if you ever need help with anything. And so, like, spoiler alert: we're 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 building our own association so we can like wow. actually like like manage funds and manage people yeah. and, and give them assignments in the best way possible. Yep. And that's one thing that's really cool. And ha but like having you guys here, people from APP and LBP and other types of organizations is that we can learn from your experiences and mistakes. Yeah, lots of mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, but th but that's the thing like we're finally trying to build something that delivers something for the people. Yeah. Not just the name of an association like That's great. You can get more stuff. It basically like the same principle as APP in a certain sense. It's about safe practices. Yeah. We don't want to tell you how to pierce or exactly what type of jewelry to use. Yeah. But first Hygiene, mm -hmm. safe practice, no contamination. Like, start with basics, and then you build up from there. That's good. Yeah, that's just the right way to do it. I, I know that the the UK group has had success with the same kind of thing. They're not really trying to force rules and, and yeah. regulations on someone. They're just trying to get everybody on the same page about safety first. Yeah, that, that that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And basically, Andre uh, is spearheading it, and uh, and Tachi is his right hand with everything and does a lot of the other work as well and I'm I'm gonna help out as well and we're trying to see who's gonna be the first group for this but afterwards it's gonna be everybody gonna be voted in yeah so it's democratic yep that's great that's great so uh, if people want to find out more information about your organization or the, okay. the conference is there a website they can go to and it's Facebook Facebook okay Facebook GEP or something else? It's GEP. Like uh, now, the association we don't have it yet, and uh, the organization that we use to organize things is called uh, Piercing Study Group in Portuguese. The it's GEP. Okay. You can find it on Facebook. Okay. I think it's important to say that here in Brazil, piercing is discredited. So. Se existe uma associação de tatuadores com piercings, já existe, mas que nós vamos fazer uma só para piercings. Uh, one thing that, I, that is very important for us to say is that people here are really in disbelief, like they don't believe what we're trying to do and everything else. And people think piercing is just basically sticking a needle somewhere and hoping it heals. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. But you can find us on Facebook. Okay. And we'll answer your emails. Like, or messages and everything. Fuck, eu faço o site também. And Tatiana is building the website. Okay. <laughs> she, yeah, she did the one for Millennium. Because you're not busy enough. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. We are never busy enough. Right. <laughs> well, I wish you the best of luck in the future, and I'm, I'm really excited to uh, to see what happens next year and beyond. Yay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really love traveling to all these different conferences for instruction. It's just super inspiring to see people who are, you know, really pushing their limits and, and trying so hard to, to kind of bring their entire industry to the standards that they want to see. Uh, it's really great. I really love going to different countries, different conferences, volunteering my time to, to talk and just watching people grow. I find it really inspiring. Um, you know, I really want to emphasize to people that, you know, if you haven't really gotten out and you haven't really had much of a perspective, talking to other people in other parts of the world about the challenges of body piercing, you know, whether it's, you know, finding a, a safe piercer to get work done by or um, trying to find the material so that you yourself can, can, can work to the standards you want to work to, you know, reach out and make those connections with people, you know, let them know that, you know, you care and, and that you support them and, and that, you know, you really want to see them, see them thrive. Next week on the show, I'll have another good interview for you. And if you have any questions, you want to see me talking to a certain person or about a certain topic, uh, feel free to connect with me on Facebook, uh, Piercing Wizard Podcast on there, or send me an email at piercingwizard at gmail.com. I'll see you next week. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. <laughs>